0: This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come except there come a fallen away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, that's the Antichrist, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called god remember that's what satan wanted in the beginning why was he cast out of heaven he wanted to be the most high who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called god or that is worship so that he as god setteth in the temple of god showing himself That he is God. Let us pray. God, as I bow my head in your presence, I pray you make our tongue a ready writer's pen. I cannot, you never said I could. You can, you always said you would. And Lord, I'm praying for men, women, boys and girls that are watching, that are in campuses, that today's the day they're going to come to know you as personal Savior. God, add your blessings to the reading of your word. And for all you do, we glorify you. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Till you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about America, the Antichrist, and Armageddon. America, the Antichrist, and Armageddon. Certainly today, the United States... Of America is the world's superpower. It's the world's superpower concerning technology. It's the world's superpower concerning commerce. It's the world's superpower concerning innovativeness. It's the world's superpower concerning militarily. It is the world's superpower. What launched that, Pastor Benny? Well, the early 90s actually launched launched it, because in the early 90s, there was the dismantling of the Soviet Union. When the dismantling of the Soviet Union took place, it was a 15-nation communist empire that was extremely, extremely powerful, the Soviet Union. Something happened, though, in the early 90s, it was dismantled. We saw the collapse of the Soviet Union. 600 years before Christ, in the book of Jeremiah, it was prophesied that it was going to happen. This is what the Bible says. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, the Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel from the north country. And from all countries, whether I had driven them, and they should dwell in their own land. I want you to see something, holding that verse right there for just a moment. It says the North Country, anytime directions are given in the Bible, they're always given from Jerusalem, Israel. 200 miles directly north of Jerusalem, Israel, was and is Russia, the Soviet Union. The Bible says, prophecy, that. Northern Jews would return to the land of Israel. That couldn't happen unless the Soviet Union disbanded. But today, because of the disbanding of the Soviet Union, and they're now individual nations, literally hundreds of thousands of Russian Jews have returned unto their homeland. See, you gotta understand, that's the motivation for the war that you're witnessing right before your very eyes. When you see Russia invade the Ukraine and this war that's now in its second year, why, Pastor Benny, is that happening? Because Vladimir Putin wants to literally return to an empire of nations. And one of those nations that was a part of that 15-nation empire was the Ukraine. So we see America today is the world's superpower. This nation that's only 250 years old is America's, is the world's superpower. Now I want to make three statements primarily. Statement number one is this America may not be directly mentioned in the Bible. You say, wait, Pastor Benny. The most powerful nation on earth, the nation that you tell us has more nuclear weapons than any other nation, may not be directly mentioned in the Bible. That's true. But there are a few places that we believe, we're not saying emphatically, but we believe it could be talking about America, One of those places is Isaiah chapter 18. Isaiah chapter 18, written 700 years before Christ, says, At the time the Lord of heaven's armies will receive gifts from the land, wait, divided by rivers. From a land that literally is divided by a river. That could be America. Because we are divided, literally, north to south. I mean, east to west, excuse me. What separates us is the Mississippi River. But we go back to that verse. And that verse says, it's a tall, smooth-skinned people who are feared far and wide. Certainly that could be America. They're feared because of their conquest and destruction. It says this nation literally will bring gifts to Jerusalem. Bring gifts to Jerusalem to the Lord during the millennial reign. That could be America. But then there's another place. In Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 13, look what it says. Sheba and Dodon and the merchants of Tarshish. Tarshish was the most western nation. Tarshish, the most western nation. The most western nation today is Britain. Tarshish could be talking about Britain. And the merchants of Tarshish, now look, with all the young lines thereof, the young lines, just as the eagle represents America, the line represents Britain. And we were a part of the British colonies. America, Canada, and Austria. And this verse could be talking about America. And perhaps it is because it says these nations will support Israel. And then there's one other place that could be talking about America. It's in Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12 says this. And when the dragon... When you see the dragon mentioned in the Bible, it's talking about the devil. And when the devil saw that he was cast on the earth, look, he persecuted the woman. The woman is the nation of Israel. Wait. Which brought forth the man-child. The man-child is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The nation of Israel gave us Jesus, the Lamb of Glory. Verse 14 says, wait, and to the woman there were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time that represents a year and times that represents two years and half a time, of course, half a year. That's three and a half years from the face of the serpent. What's that saying? America could. Be that eagle that protects Israel the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. You said, Pastor, America's the superpower. Why do you think that they're not more articulately, why it's not more definitive that it's America? I'll tell you why I believe it, folks. I'll tell you why you can't specifically say it. Because of First Thessalonians chapter four verse sixteen, that says, "For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven, with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord." See, we believe that Jesus Christ is coming back. Seventy percent of Americans say they're Christians 70% you said pastor what do you think about that their church attendance don't show it 70% of Americans say they're Christians I'm not convinced they are but let's just say if 50% of Americans are Christians 330 million Americans When Jesus comes back, 165 million will be gone. Friend, I want you to understand, if that happens, it will destabilize our military system. If that happens, it will destabilize our law enforcement system. It will destabilize social services. It will destabilize the power that America has as a nation. So possibly the reason why America is not mentioned specifically is when Jesus comes back and the church is raptured out, America will no longer be that superpower. We know this. When Jesus comes back, the church is called out. There's a second thing that's going to happen. The Antichrist will arise. Bible tells us, somebody said, Pastor, do you believe he will be a Jew? No, I don't believe he's going to be a Jew because he's going to rise out of the revived Roman Empire. So I'm convinced he won't be a Jew. But the Bible says this in Daniel 7 and 25, Daniel 7 and 25, that he'll rule the entire world. You say, Pastor, you got to be kidding. One man rules the entire world? I can't see it happening. I'll expound on it. But I have no problem seeing it happening. I have no problem seeing it happening. Get real. Three years ago, a little guy by the name of Anthony Fauci told us to close our churches down. He told us to close our business down. He told us to get in the basements and not come out. And America did it. And a man like me opened up the church and got crucified. But bless God, I wore it with a badge of honor. I want you to see some things about the Antichrist. First of all, I want you to see, I want you to see his revelation. His revelation. See, verses 3 and 4 says literally of the text, it says, he sits in the temple. You see, Pastor Benny, explain that to me, that, that, that he sits in the temple. Well, see, when the church is raptured out, the Antichrist is going to sign a treaty. He's going to sign a covenant with the nation of Israel. According to Daniel 9 and 27, He's going to sign a covenant with the nation of Israel. And what he's going to say to the Jewish people, you can go back to the Temple Mount. You can construct a temple on the Temple Mount. You you can go back to Old Testament style of worship. I'm going to allow it and I'm going to protect you. See, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Temple Mount. It's the most... It's the most sacred land in all the world. It's 35 acres, but you got to understand something. That building right there that that I have been into, I have been in that building. I should not have been in that building. I'm not a Muslim, but somehow I got in that building. (laughs) Remind me and I'll tell you what it was like sometime inside. But you got to understand, that's the third most holy Muslim site. On on, on that 35 acres, when I I would take groups up there and I would try to teach, they would watch me and make sure I'm not teaching anything Christian. Jews are not allowed. Jews are not allowed on that temple mount. So you've got to understand something. During the tribulation period, the Antichrist will allow the Jewish people to go back to the temple mount and construct the third temple just like the bible said it was going to happen if we if you went to israel right now you could go to an organization called the temple institute What's the Temple Institute that was started in 1987, Pastor? It's an organization in Israel that literally has the materials ready to construct the temple. Literally, that organization has all the artifacts and everything needed for the Jewish people to go back to Old Testament-style worship. They're ready. They're ready to make it happen. So, so we go back to that temple mount. We, we go back to that. Why, why Pastor Benny, why, why, why is that so sacred, that 35 acres? I'll tell you why it's sacred to Jewish and Christian people. The Jews and Christian people believed it was on this spot that Father Abraham offered up his son Isaac. But the Muslims believed, no, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't Isaac that was offered up. It was, it was Ishmael. Abraham offered up Ishmael. We came, we came from Ishmael. So it's sacred to us because we as Arabs and Muslims, we came from Ishmael. It's sacred to the Jewish people because they know on this site is where Solomon's temple was. And the only part we can go to now of of that temple is the western wall. It's the only part that remains. It's, It's sacred to Muslims because the Muslims believe that literally their founder, Mohammed, ascended to heaven from this spot. See, see, I want you to see the the, the revelation of the Antichrist, but, but I want you to see something else. I want you to see the restraint of the Antichrist. You say, Pastor, what is what is what is keeping the Antichrist from coming on the scene? Well, look what the Bible says. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. What's, re, what's withholding the Antichrist that he might be revealed? For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. Wait, only he. Notice a he, not an it, a person. He who now leteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Verse 8 says, And then shall that wicked be revealed. What's restraining him? The Holy Spirit is restraining the Antichrist. See, you've got to understand, folks, the Holy Spirit is the restrainer. He is the restrainer. You said, Pastor Benny, we live in a bad world. No, no, you, you don't understand. The Holy Spirit is restraining evil from this earth. The Holy Spirit is restraining corruption from this earth. Can you imagine, folks, when the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit as restrainer is taken away, it's going to be seven years of hail and destruction upon this earth because he'll no longer exist as a restrainer of evil. There's a third thing I want you to see. I want you to see his recognizing. His recognizing. I know he's going to be charismatic. I know he's going to be cunning. I know he's going to be cruel. You said, Pastor, do you think the Antichrist is alive? Most certainly. Most certainly. When, when will we know who he is? He comes on the scene after the church is gone. In light of that, I don't want to know who he is. (laughs) There's there's a fourth thing I want you to see. I want you to see his rebellion. If you look at Daniel 9 and 27, remember, I told you he signs a covenant with Israel that he'll protect them, that they can go back to Old Testament-style worship. But you got to see something. In the middle of that, three and a half years in, he'll break it. When Matthew 24 and 15 talks about the abomination of desolation. Spoken by Daniel the prophet. What is the abomination of desolation? It's when the Antichrist says, here on the temple mount, there'll be no more worshiping of God. You'll worship only me. Or you'll worship my image. You'll worship me. Or you'll worship my image. You said, Pastor, why, why would people worship this man? I think the next point tells us. His restoration. Look what the Bible says in Revelation 13. I'm just letting the Bible be the Bible. And the beast, that's the Antichrist, which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet as the feet of the bear, and his mouth is the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him power. And his seat and great authority. <clears throat> and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and the deadly wound was healed. And then all the world wondered after the beast. Keep it there, guys. Who's like the beast? Who's able to make war with him? When the scripture said, As one of his heads were wounded to death, that word death there is the same word used when it speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation 5 and 6, the word slain. But the word there and the word slain both literally, ladies and gentlemen, mean a violent death. So apparently the Antichrist is going to experience a violent death. And through the powers of hell, he'll be resurrected. You say, Pastor, I've never seen anything. Look, look, look! get this. Don't you be looking for the miracle. You be listening for the message. Because there'll be miracles done during this time also. But Revelation 17 and 8, look what this verse says. It says, the Antichrist which thou sawest was, wait, He was and he is not. So he was alive. He's not alive. But he goes to the bottomless pit. And he gets incarnated with the devil. Incarnated with the devil. And all the world wonders after him. There's one other thing I want you to see. I want you to see his resources. Look what Revelation 13 says. And he had power to give life into the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak. Now, wait. John wrote this in 90 AD, but he said, I saw an image. I saw the Antichrist, but literally, I saw an image of the Antichrist. And this image had the ability to speak. Not in John's day, but in our day. And cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast, they should be killed. Wait, and he causeth all, both small, great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead a brand Pastor Benny what what, what 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 do you think it's going to be what 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 do you think it's going to be Well I don't know it may be a, it may be a chip It may be a it may be a tattoo It may be a vaccination But you 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 you, you receive it You receive it Go back to the text and that no man might buy or sell save he have the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. That means if you're left here and you need something from the hospital, you can't get it unless you accept the mark. There'll be children born during this time. You can't get milk for your children unless you accept the mark. Uh, you, the, the necessities of life. No, no, no. Listen to me, folks. The necessities of life you can't get unless you accept. Ex- Set the mark. Oh, what, what what is the mark? Well, go back to the verse. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of man. And the number six hundred three score and six. Every number in the Bible represents something. The number six represents man. That's why man was created on the sixth day. The number three represents God. So 666 is man making himself God. Man making himself God. Listen, documented 10% of the financial transactions in our country are cash. Why, Pastor? Because quickly we'll be a cashless society. I travel a lot. And many times, we don't accept cash. We don't accept cash, sir. I'm in an airport. We don't accept cash. Because we're moving to a cashless society, just like the Bible prophesied that it's going to happen. It's happening right before our eyes. But, ladies and gentlemen, what? Pastor, but wait! What if somebody does accept the mark? Help me out! What if? What if I accept the mark? What happens? Well, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter fourteen, verses nine and ten. If a person accepts the mark of the beast, it's an irrevocable decision, and they've destined their eternal soul for hell. Look, look, folks! We gotta either preach. All of the Bible or none of the Bible. No, if you're hunting the happy, clappy preacher, I'm just not it. I'm going to preach what God's Word says because the older I get, I'm more concerned about what God is going to say to me than what people are saying about me. Now get this, lastly, Armageddon will be the greatest battle ever. Armageddon will be the greatest battle ever. Napoleon looked at the Valley of Megiddo and Napoleon said, it's the world's greatest battlefield. It's the world's greatest battlefield. When I take groups to Israel, I always take them up to Mount Carmel. I do it for a reason. I want to take them up there. I want want them to see where Elijah defeated the false prophets of Baal. But I also want them to look over that valley. And I want them to know that's where the greatest battle ever will be fought. You're viewing it with your very eyes, the valley of Megiddo. This valley, the scripture tells us this battle is going to be so great, ladies and gentlemen. According to Revelation chapter 14, verse 20, this battle is going to be so great, the blood, the blood will spatter up to the horse's bridle. Spatter up to the horse's bridle. 180 miles long, but blood Splattering up to a horse's bridle. You say, Pastor Benny, how could that be? Revelation chapter 9, verse 16. John in 90 AD, when there's 200 million people on the planet, said, I saw an army of 200 million. You say, Pastor Benny, there is no army of 200 million China has recently announced we have an army of 200 million soldiers. So, Pastor, explain, explain what's going to happen in the Battle of Armageddon. You give me five five minutes and we're done. What's going to happen? Revelation chapter 16 tells you exactly what's going to happen. The sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings might be prepared. It was dried up that the way of the kings might be prepared. The kings of the east. We're talking about China. We're talking about Japan. We're talking about Korea. But it could be the Muslim eastern nations, Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan. But literally, the Euphrates, God said, I'm going to dry up the Euphrates River. And we learned a long time ago, he has no problem doing miracles with water. Yes, he's dried up the Red Sea. He's dried up the Jordan River. He'll have no problem drying up the Euphrates River. Yeah, folks, I just believe it from beginning to maps. Amen. And the Bible says he'll drive the Euphrates River and the the, the armies of the east, the kingdoms of the east will come against the kingdoms of the west. But wait, when they're coming together for battle, look, it says in the, and I saw three unclean spirits, like frogs, come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Understand something, folks. Just as there's a holy trinity. There's an unholy trinity. Always remember, anything that God's got, Satan's got a counterfeit for. Anything that God's got, Satan's got a counterfeit for. Always remember that. He's the deceiver. He's the deceiver. So, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, we see the unholy trinity there. It's the dragon. It's the beast, which is the antichrist. And it's the false prophet. Tell me about the false prophet, Brother Benny. Just as the Holy Spirit points people to Christ, the false prophet points people to the Antichrist. So these these armies come against one another, but they're bombarded. The armies are bombarded with demonic spirits. And look what verse 14 says. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth, and of the whole world together gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. What happens, ladies and gentlemen? Here's what happens. Instead of battling one another, demonic spirits go into these armies. And they conglomerately unify and they turn on Israel. But when they turn on Israel, then the Bible says, behold... I come as a thief. Verse 16. And he gathered them together into a place in the Hebrew tongue. The only time it's mentioned, Armageddon. Armageddon. The world is worshiping the Antichrist. And according to Revelation 13 and 4, they worship the Antichrist And they will literally say, He resurrected from the dead. He does signs and wonders. He's worthy of all praise. He is the Almighty. Who's like the Antichrist? Who's able to make war against Him? Say, Pastor Benny, what's the answer? Who is able? to make war against him. This is the climax of Armageddon. I'll tell you who's able. Revelation 19, and I saw heaven open. (laughs) And behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him, was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he doeth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name that no man, name written, that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with vesture. (laughs) Oh, thank God, and it was dipped in his blood and his name is called the word of God (laughs) but he's not coming by himself we're coming with him folks the Bible says and the armies which were in heaven we followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen white and clean And out of his mouth goes the word of God that he should smite the nations and he's going to rule with a rod of iron and he treadeth with the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. Oh, and by the way, he hath on his name, he hath on his vesture uh, and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. oh hell the power of jesus name let angels prostrate fall bring forth the royal diadem and crown him lord of all can we all stand can we all stand an old janitor at a liberal school was reading the book of Revelation one day during his lunch and a liberal professor looked down and said to him do you understand it? and the old janitor said yes and the liberal professor said that's interesting because scholars don't What does it mean? (laughs) And the janitor said, it means Jesus is going to win. Say, wait, pastor, just just help me out. You're you're done, but I really want to help you out. Jesus is going to come back. you don't want to miss next week's message it's the climax Jesus is going to come back and the church is going to be gone yes sir can people accept Christ if they're left here the answer is yes and no you say pastor elaborate on that oh I will for this cause God has sent them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned. Wait. Who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You listen to me very closely. Will people have an opportunity to get saved? Yes, if they've never heard the gospel. But if you've heard the gospel and you've said no, it's too late that's why ladies and gentlemen what I'm preaching is not fun and games I don't lose my voice just because I want to I'm not exhausted just because I want to be exhausted There's a seriousness There's a heaven to gain there's a hell to miss Eternity's too long to be wrong you're not right with Christ you need to get right with Christ church let me tell you something you got a son you got a daughter you got a mama you got a dad you got a brother you got a sister that's not a Christian we better get on our knees the factual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much we we better get on our knees daddy there's nobody gonna pray for him like you mama there's nobody gonna pray for him like you there's nobody gonna pray for that child like you I'm I'm saying to you look Folks, let me tell you something. Every week, last night, I was in a home. Death had visited. Saddest experience I have experienced is when I'm sitting with a family. And I said, tell me, tell me about your past loved one. And they say, preacher, we just don't know. We don't know. We don't know if he was a christian we don't know if she's a christian folks let me tell you something that's the loneliest place in the world to be is to be in that room when they look you in the face knowing you've got to preach that funeral and they say we just don't know we just don't know i'm telling you we need to know that we know that we know that we're right with god thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.